Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture. And these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Rich Poloni graciously joins us again on our show today to continue our conversation from last week, which was centered around his book, Inspired Nurse. In episode 81, Rich shared with us what led him to write his book and several tactics that can help us shift our perspectives and sustain passion and energy for our daily work. So today, Rich is back to talk about how we can focus on student and family well-being and create workplaces that are safer in nature and bring peace to our employees and students. We learned from his experiences in healthcare and we're so glad that he's here to take healthcare and help us apply that to education because there's so many ways that it's applied and all the times, Rich, that I've heard you speak, which you're a tremendously um, great speaker. And every time I hear you speak, I'm always saying, man, we could really, you could make that shift to education so easily. So Rich, thanks for being with us again today. Thank you for having me. Well, there are so many similarities when you think about it, it is incredible. And at the end of the day, you know, education is a caregiving field as much as it is a mind, you know, opening and, and, and brain learning field. So yes, absolutely. Every time we come on, Rich, you know, I always think about, I know you're being a teacher, you know, to your, to your kids. So um, what's the big lesson of the week this week? Oh, are you, you mean with homeschooling? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been the best week of my life. I know that people can't see this because it's not, it's a podcast. So you guys, I'm sorry that are listening, can't see this, but I'm going to show the folks on the podcast what we did. We started working on the 80s. And so we had to do the eight for the 80s. And literally, I aced because Luke did his <laughs> test, and he did the test first because we're been, we're very strict with that. But when he was done, he goes, "Dad, can I give you the test?" I aced every question except for what is the median? What was the median house price? I knew who the most popular president was of the '80s. I knew the most popular TV show. So I've been living the dream. I've like been having so much fun with Luke talking about the '80s because that was my jam and that was my time, and talking about music and MTV. So actually, it was really good. I'm a history buff, so I love it. And Luke's final project is he has to pick somebody or a leader from the 80s. So I think he, he's going to do, we're limited with our costuming here. I wanted him to do Billy Idol, but we don't have the right yeah. like, stuff for it. So yeah, gonna, it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, so he's going to do, he's going to do Ronald Reagan, and then he's going to explain the 80s from the perspective of Ronald Reagan, which I think oh, cool. would be almost as good as when we did World War II he had to interview somebody from World War II, and I played Sir Winston Churchill, which I will send you the video someday so you can see I love it. what an amazing teacher I am. Oh, how fun. You know, you're probably learning, relearning some things. Maybe, you know, I always think about it. I'd probably learn some things that I never learned back in the day when going to school. So it's kind of interesting, Rich. We have on our team, we had our team's kids do their aidants to us on some of our daily huddles. And so because of that, one of our one of our team members, um, son, who's in the third grade, he uh, he's writing a business plan for a business that he's going to get to build, you know, based on being interconnected with us. So I think it's just so great that that you people like you are connecting with kids and learning and they're having a great time and being creative. So well, appreciate it is, what you're doing. It is, it is great. But please let me put the disclaimer with a little like asterisk. I still love teachers and can't wait for them to take the job <laughs> yeah. back from me. So it's yeah. okay. 
<laughs> that's good. And um, and uh, they're ready to do it. They're uh, eager, I think, to get back back to the connection with the kids. So let's turn to your book, Inspired Nurse. In a chapter, you really focus on making work more peaceful. So can you talk a little bit about that chapter and recommendations you have for how we might do that? Absolutely. So I had a really good friend um, who is a tremendous healthcare leader. His name is David. And, and a very educated guy I shared with you. He has two doctorate degrees. He's a CEO of a gigantic hospital system. And he had the most relaxing office. He was, a, at the time, a leader of ICU and trauma services, which um, for all our educators in, in the world, that's probably two of the most intense areas that you can have in healthcare. And he would walk into his office. First of all, he's the neatest person in the world. But it was such a calming place that literally when I was having a tough day, I would go into his, I'd like say, hey, are you in your office? I would walk into his office. And I know it sounds a little corny or whatever, but he had like little essential oil sticks. And it just was something about the artwork that he had. So look, not everybody has the budget to have like a fancy schmancy office. So maybe that's not exactly what you do. But, you know, we always say, you know, to relate and not compare, you know. So if you have a space that is yours, so we could take it from a teacher's classroom all the way up to a, an administrator's office. How are there ways that you could create some kind of a peaceful environment? When my brother was a special education teacher, he shared with me that he tried to create an environment that had colors and sounds and images that would be somewhat relaxing because it benefited some of the students he had where a lot of stimulus was kind of rough. So one recommendation is, you know, hey, and laugh if you want, but smells make a difference. You know, I mean, I can close my eyes and remember the smell of a library. As I just said it, some of you can. I can close my eyes and remember the smell of a new car. Those are smells that pop out at us. And I think if there's a way and it's safe and you know, with allergies and all that, I know you have to be safe, but there's a way to have like some kind of a spearmint kind of smell in your room or lavender. It's amazing. There's a lot of science behind that. And I know, again, it sounds kind of like woo-woo, but that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, to have conversations in your classroom or in your working environment that foster peace. You know, what you plant and what you nourish is what grows. So life in education and life in business and life in healthcare is very frantic. I think if we foster some, some kind of peaceful dialogue where we say, hey, you know, we're going to have the thought of the day. And you look, okay, so 10 people, there's the two people that are going to roll their eyes and be like, oh my God, that's so stupid. So this really isn't for them because it doesn't matter if you gave them like, you know, spearmint gum, you know, spearmint body lotion and, you know, grew a spearmint farm in their backyard. They're still going to be stressful people. So I'm not talking about the two out of the 10 that nothing works with, but for the other eight or nine people where we say, look, we're going to have something where we do that now for students. You know, that could be very creative. You know, you could be very creative where you tell, what if you had a classroom of kids and you said, guys, before we start, and I'm talking, you know, let's say, you know, K-4 to 12th grade and, and college, you know, whatever. If you said, guys, I want everybody in the room, if you're able to do this, if the class isn't too gigantic, you could pick a couple of students, you could pick a name to tell me about three things that make you feel peaceful or three things that make you feel happy. And, you know, I tried this one time with a group of folks that I was coaching. So I was kind of, quote unquote, teaching them. And I saw that when one of them shared about when they go out, it was in Iowa, it was an organization in Iowa, and they go out in their farm and they take a walk 
through the cornfields when they're stressed out and when the sun's coming down and the crickets and the, the, you know, when they were started talking, you could literally see everybody's energy just kind of chill out. Imagine what that could do with a classroom. Now, I know a couple of teachers just went, well, you haven't seen my classroom, but, <laughs> but, but you know what? You, you can't lock something until you've tried it and maybe tried it a couple of times. And you never know. I mean, you really just never know. Those are a couple of things. And then the other thing is how you set your own energy for the day. You know, rolling up to work in your car and jumping out with your lunchbox and your your planner and your 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 papers that you just graded. And you know, what if you tried to program in three minutes into your day where you literally sat in your car and you listened to the most chill, you know, music that you could, or I had a friend one time. I saw him sitting in his car in the parking lot and I thought something was wrong and I knocked on his window and he rolled down his window and it was tribal drum sounds like Native American. I go, what are you doing? And he was like, dude, I'm having my tribal drum moment. I go, okay, I'll leave. And he just like, <laughs> like the window goes back up. And then later on, he told me he sits in his car for three minutes and he listens to this like Native American flute music and tribal drum and he goes, it chills his spirit out. Sometimes you got to get, you got to do different to get different. So those are some things I'd recommend people try. Oh, I think those are neat and great, great suggestions. It just made me think about the other day on our daily huddle, one of our team members, we do a connect a purpose at the beginning and shared a, shared a song, Rich, you know, that was a real peaceful yeah. song, you know, just for like 30 seconds and in the tone, it just reset my tone, it reset my mind and reset, um, you know, just our entry point to the meeting. And then for me, it just reset the tone of the day. And I thought, what a great, great opportunity. And I'm just, as you're talking, I'm thinking, why don't we just do that? You know, why don't we just make that habit a practice? Absolutely. I mean, listen, most people, when they walk into work, the theme song that's playing in their mind is like Guns N' Roses, Welcome <laughs> to the Jungle, right? Right. So, I mean, it's probably a good idea to reset that. Maybe have Luther Vandross sing to you or, or you know, have, have something really inspirational or beautiful or, or whatever. And it's amazing. Music is very therapeutic. Sound is very therapeutic. Scent is very therapeutic. You know, sight is very therapeutic. So all of these things, I think in a creative way for educators and, and for everybody, are ways to just create a platform or an environment where you can kind of set the stage a little differently. If it only works for 10% of the, the students or 10% of the people that you're dealing with, then where did, where did you lose? I mean, that's 10% more than you had yesterday. So why not? You know, and I think as we look at, at ways that you've recommended for us to have more peaceful ways of entering our work environment and staying in that peaceful place, you know, we're also going to be looking at and focusing on our employees and students and families' well-being as we, I mean, we are now and as we continue to think about how we shift into um, our new year around August and September and as they're transitioning to their summer. You know, when we think about well-being, what does that mean to you? And then we'll transfer it to then what should we do, you know, with what that means to focusing on employees and students and families. So what is well, when we talk about well-being, what does that mean to you, Rich? And, you, and you're referring to like for the individual, for self? That's correct, for yeah. self. You know, I go back to what I already shared with you in, in previous podcasts, but I, I will go in a, in a little direction. I think well-being is looking for the things that bring us joy and finding ways to make them a part of our daily existence. For me, um, it's laughter. So when I'm stressed out, I need to laugh at something. So if it's something on TikTok or if it's my kids being silly or if it's I go into my son's room sometimes and I, you know, he's in the middle of homeschooling 
and I just go in there and I start talking to him in weird voices and I ask him questions with, you know, I do accents and voices and it makes him laugh and it makes me laugh. For my daughter, Ava, who's five, I do the best Elmo imitation ever. <laughs> so sometimes I'll, I'll start asking her about school and I'll talk to her like Elmo and it makes her giggle and it makes me giggle. So I find that if we can find these little pockets of joy, it's kind of like when you're at the beach and you're starting, to, it's like a cloudy day. And then all of a sudden, like a little bit of the sun breaks through the clouds. And you all of a sudden find that little moment where you're like, this is why I'm at the beach. And I find that the thing is, though, in life, we can't wait for the sun to break through the clouds because sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you have to be that. You have to be the sun breaking through the clouds. Oh, I just got, I just went deep for y'all. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Sometimes you have to bring that out there. And sometimes it's, you know, you go, well, what makes me feel connected to well-being? It could be laughter. It could be prayer. It could be mindfulness. It could be meditation. It could be FaceTiming your kids. I shared with somebody, somebody, I don't know if you guys have heard of this thing. I forget, but I'm not trying to advertise a product, but there's some product that it's a camera and a treat dispenser for dogs. <laughs> and you can literally, you, so Casey, raise your hand. So you can go on your phone and log on home and see your dog and it calls them and the dog comes with the camera and you give them a treat. And I was thinking to myself, like, you're stressed out and having a bad day and you could see Fluffy and give Fluffy a treat. That's awesome. So it, there, there's these little ways that you can, you can have these moments that kind of break through for you. That's great. Rich, you know, one of the things that's, that's come up um, time and again in my conversations with partners in terms of things that we've taught over the years is, is how important rounding has been. Yes. You know, I don't know if you found that as well, but um, we've always known that leader rounding or just rounding with people has been a, made significant impact, you know, to help employees feel engaged and have meaning. Can you speak to that just a little bit in ways that we think about employees and our students and families? I mean, would you feel that same way? Yes, I would say, however, you have to, in these times, we shift from transactional rounding to transformational rounding. And what I mean by that is transactional rounding is very important. It's, I'm not denigrating it. So please don't think I'm saying one better than the other. I'm just saying one is maybe more effective in certain times than others. Transactional rounding is important when we need to make sure people have the tools and the equipment and, you know, the, you know, all of that kind of stuff. What, you know, what went well today, et cetera. It's important. All of that can be transformational as well, so don't, don't misunderstand. But what I mean by transformational rounding is where we start to speak to matters of well-being, heart, and spirit, and we start saying to a teacher, tell me one student that you're really seeing a breakthrough with. Because I imagine if I talk to a teacher about the day she or he is having, I'm going to get a certain level of emotion. If I say, is there one kid, and you know, with all respect to people, and if I use the word child or kid, I know that there's people that are teaching adults, so please just, you know, I'm just using the easiest language that comes to me. So one student, if you say to a teacher, tell me about one student right now who you are just feeling really good about, you know, you see the energy and the light in that teacher's eyes totally change. That's a transformational question. Or what are you most grateful for that's going on in your life right now? Maybe someone just got engaged. Maybe someone just got a puppy. Maybe someone just bought a new house. Maybe someone just painted their, their, their bathroom, whatever. What, what could they share with you that they feel grateful about? And then to ask them, who's somebody, other than the manager, 
who's somebody that you love working with? I love that question. I like that. More than tell me somebody. And, and by the way, because I, I got to be careful, guys. This I am, I use like humor and I'm a little sarcastic in my tone. I have there's nothing wrong with tell me somebody. Uh, tell me about somebody who I can manage up who's done a great job. I just gave my leader four manage ups today. Those are amazing. But how awesome would it be if we asked somebody who's somebody that you really love working with? Like who is that person that you see them in the teacher's lounge or you see them in the break room or you see them in the office that you just, and, and they're going to tell you, oh, I love Janet. Why do you love Janet? Oh my gosh. Every time I see her, we just start talking. Like sometimes we got to like, oh my gosh, you know, we got to stop talking and that changes the whole energy, but then it creates an interesting conversation for that leader to have. Cause how cool would it be for me to go back as a leader to, to somebody and say, Hey, Casey, you know, Mary was talking about you today when I was rounding, when I asked her, who does she love working with? Mary told me it was you. And here are the things that she told me she loved. And imagine the goodwill that's created not only between those two colleagues, but how nice it is for that leader to now shine in that light. Like when I was talking to my leader today, you know, I said, oh, I've got to give you some manage ups. And I said to him, I go, I know these are probably the best part of these rounding calls because now he got to get off my call instead of talking about compensation and hours and travel. Now he got to send four emails saying how awesome people are. Now they all love him and they all love me. And it's a wonderful thing. So I would say that. Great learning for me. I, I think people ask us, can we change the rounding questions up? And we're like, of course you can. You know, there's some, there's a purpose behind it. As long as you stay with that purpose, I mean, some of the questions can be changed change, but I love what you just talked about, Rich, in regard to transformational rounding. Mm -hmm. I've not thought of it in that way, but I think that's something that we'll learn from you that we can transfer um, in our own practices. And I, I love the way that you position those questions. As we think about moving forward as teachers are coming to a close at the end of the year and they're taking their summer breaks a little bit, who knows what's going to happen for us in the summer, but then we'll come back into a year next year. You know, as you think about what you've done with with your children and then what teachers could could reflect on so that they could be renewed coming back into the new year and is there one thing that you could just recommend to them as we close today appreciate yourself i think that teachers look if anything's coming out of this pandemic people are grateful for healthcare workers and and a number of other people as well but I know for a fact on a personal level, mo I'm fortunate and I'm blessed that most of my circle, which is a pretty broad circle, um, I only know one person that was health-wise directly affected by COVID-19, confirmed for sure. I'm very blessed in that. There's some people who have not had that and my heart goes out to them. But most of the people that I know when I'm talking to them, teachers and educators are coming up quite a bit. And I say it with some humor about how well, you know, homeschooling and, you know, there's people that, you know, you see out in the driveway scraping off. I'm so proud of my honor roll student off the bumper sticker off their car right now because they're <laughs> the ones that are doing the teaching. But all, all kidding aside, man, teachers, educators, your value is really being seen right now. Don't know what you got until it's gone. Isn't that like, you know, that's a song right. out there, right? And you know what? The appreciation, I want you to have a sense of pride in who you are and what you do, and also to understand that your students miss you. You know, I connect with a lot of teachers on the various social networks that I'm on, and so many of them have said to me, I miss my kids. And my own 
kids teachers are so beautiful you know on the zoom they're like we miss you guys and when i was emailing with one of the teachers he was like man i miss luke so much i miss his laugh you know i miss him i was like he misses you and we had we sent a little video to the teachers you know just saying we love you we miss you but but i i would say as you go into this summer you go into the next year have a sense of pride in who you are i know you're already proud of being educators but really reflect on that however you need to do this but you are really being your value is really being appreciated right now because people are having to do without what you do and we're seeing how hard it is and we're seeing how that's just with our own kids in our own house yeah. i cannot imagine doing this with 33 children <laughs> in a room who some, sometimes have parents who believe that it's the teacher's job to raise my kids you know so I think that, that, and I hope it's not too cliche and I hope it's not too general, but I really hope that you, that you educators out there really amp up your, your self-love, your self-appreciation for who you are and, and understand I'm speaking as a parent and I'm speaking on behalf of hundreds of parents that I know. We love you and we appreciate you and we are going to be so grateful for you to take our children back. <laughs> Thank you, Rich. So many ways to appreciate our teachers and our educators, and we appreciate you. Appreciate, I know our teachers are appreciating the work that our parents are doing as well. And I think, as you said, the work that we, that we do each and every day, we're teachers in the way that we connect with people. I started as a teacher. I'll always be a teacher, and my heart is for the teachers who are out there. So thank you for sharing with us today. And and um, I would recommend that if they have a chance this summer to read your inspired nurse book, because I think teachers would see so many applications to their lives. Rich, thank you today. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor and a privilege. And thank you to all the wonderful educators out there and for all you do. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you on our next episode as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week. Stay safe and be peaceful.